Betrayal. We speak the harshest words of judgment for those who betray us. Betrayal breaches trust, the trust necessary to maintain relationships between two people or among a nation's people. Betrayal shatters the fragile bonds that hold us together. It has been said that when we lose our ability to live together, we lose our ability to be truly human. That is why betrayal can destroy a marriage, family, church, or community. Judas Iscariot is recognized widely as the most notorious symbol of betrayal in the Bible. In Dante's Inferno, betrayers are cast into the lowest circle of hell. Dante includes the most famous, or infamous, betrayals in his novel, Judas, Cassius, Brutus. They are frozen in ice for all eternity, although it is clear that Judas will suffer the most because he had the temerity to create the greatest betrayal that the world has ever known. We don't know a lot about Judas, except that Jesus and the other disciples trusted him a great deal. Perhaps that is why they made him their treasurer. At the Last Supper, it was Judas who was sitting next to Jesus when Jesus brought up the subject of betrayal. Jesus says he will be betrayed by the one, quote, who dips his hand into the bowl with me, end quote. To share a bowl with Jesus meant that Judas was sitting in a position of honor. All of that makes his betrayal more painful. We surmise that Jesus would not have chosen Judas to be one of his disciples if Jesus had not believed that Judas was full of the potential to make a positive impact on the world. Judas might have become one of the greatest apostles of history if he had allowed the grace of God to work through him. Why, then, did he betray Jesus? The scriptures do not answer the question why. Why did this trusted disciple betray Jesus? Perhaps that is why the church throughout the years has had a hard time understanding Judas and his motivations. One thing is certain, however, he is not remembered for the potential that Christ saw in him. Instead, he is remembered only for being the traitor who turns Jesus over to the authorities who cause him to be crucified. That's why we do not find churches named St. Judas, nor children who have been named in his honor. Before the treachery of Judas Iscariot was known, Judas was a favorite name that meant praise to God. Judas had been given an honorable name, which he defiled. As a result, the church has cast him and the name Judas in a negative light. To call someone a Judas is one of the greatest insults one can mutter. But I wonder, could it be the real reason we show betrayers like Judas so little compassion is that we're afraid that, that there is a tendency within all of us to betray Jesus? Several years ago, on a Good Friday, one of my parishioners revealed something to me that I found quite disturbing. We had just finished with a dramatic reading of the Passion narrative, one in which the congregation says in union, Crucify him! Crucify him! A lady that I will call Sally came up to me and told me that she could not participate in the liturgy. When I asked, why not? She said, I simply could not say those words. I simply could not say that I wanted Jesus to be crucified. Her comments made me sad, for they revealed to me that Sally had 
difficulty coming face to face with the times that she had crucified Jesus by betraying him. She could not admit to herself that she was capable of having evil thoughts or that she had done malicious deeds. She was so preoccupied with her own virtue, virtue and religiousness that she could not see clearly that she too was in need of Jesus' unconditional grace. Many times we find ourselves being like Sally. We have difficulty identifying with Judas, who betrayed Jesus' trust and difficulty identifying with the crowds that yell, Crucify him. Instead, we vilify Judas and think we are nothing like him. But if we're honest, we realize that the sin of others we find difficult to forgive is the very sin we wrestle with within ourselves. When Jesus claimed that one of the twelve would betray him, the anxiety of all their souls rushed to the surface. Surely not I, they said. They might have as well said, I've been worried about that, but I thought I had it under control. The hard truth about each of us is that we are capable of building relationships and equally capable of breaking them. We can make promises to people we love and then break them just to look out for ourselves first. We might lean on friends and family for help and then realize we spend time with them only to take advantage of them. One of the hardest things about being an adult is realizing that every choice we make has the potential to impact someone else. We have the ability to deeply hurt others by choosing only what will please ourselves. One of the messages of Holy Week is that sooner or later every disciple will betray Jesus. We will betray him in the workplace when it will cost too much to think like a Christian, and in our homes when the anger is so great that we hurt those who trust us, and in the sacred commitments we make that we simply cannot keep. We will betray Jesus by our indifference to the poor, by our refusal to turn the other cheek to our enemies, and by the deaf ears we turn to his call for us to live lives worthy of the gospel. And when we betray Jesus, how will he respond? Knowing who Judas is and what he is about to do, Jesus does not throw him out, nor does Jesus try to stop Judas from carrying out his plan. Jesus feeds Judas after washing his feet. These acts are significant. Jesus bathes him and feeds him, which means that Judas is never, ever excluded by Jesus from his circle of friends. Knowing that Judas is going to betray him, Jesus is still able to treat Judas as one of his own because Jesus' faithfulness did not depend on Judas's faithfulness. When Jesus dips the bread into his cup and hands it to Judas, Jesus reveals who he is. Jesus is the one who feeds his enemies, who goes on treating them as friends, quote, loving them to the very end, end quote. Judas' betrayal sets in motion the excruciating crucifixion of Jesus. Throughout the ordeal of being beaten, tried in a kangaroo court, and hanging on a cross designed for common criminals. Jesus refuses to save himself. One of the thieves who was executed next to Jesus asked, If you are the Son of God, 
Why don't you save yourself and us too? How tempting performing such a miracle must have been. What greater act could show that he was truly who he said he was, if only Jesus sprang from the cross without a scar on his body? But Jesus refuses to denigrate his integrity to opt for the most expedient choice. Instead, he prays, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Jesus refuses to compromise with the evil in this world. He refuses to put himself ahead of others. Jesus refuses to save himself because he was not willing to hand even some of us over to evil, not even those of us who betray him and crucify him. Maybe this is one of the reasons why we call today Good Friday. Thanks be to God for the compassion of Jesus the Christ, who redeems us from our betrayals and reconciles us to God. Amen.